Welcome to the Mariners cast from Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. All right, y'all. July 25th, Tuesday. Mariners lost yesterday 4-3 to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Mariners moved to 550-50, eight and a half games out in the American League West, five and a half games out of the wild card, uh, plus 27 run differential, five and five in the last 10, lost the last two. As you all know, I typically lean very stats heavy. I like numbers. Uh, I like reasoning. It's one of the reasons why I love baseball is that you can tell a story through numbers. Um, I typically, like I said, a very stats heavy on the Mariners cast. Today is going to be a little bit different. Today is a more emotional podcast. This is more strict opinion. Uh, I'm going to try to walk the line of being a uh, as objective as I can, but there are going to be times where my history of being a Mariners fan is going to show. Uh, yesterday's game absolutely ripped the heart out of Mariners fans. Uh, it was heartbreaking. I was watching the end of yesterday's game from work. Uh, I pumped my fist, I have to admit, when Colton Wong hit the two-run home run to take the lead in the bottom of the ni- or in the top of the ninth. And then the Mariners gave up a run in the ninth and then lost it in the 10th. So let me cover the game real quickly. We'll also talk a bit about uh, Sunday's game against Toronto. Again, this is not going to be very numbers heavy. This is going to be very much off script for me, but it's time. It's, it's time to, to talk emotion. It's time to talk about uh, overview of what this team actually is. Uh, I was, Hopeful for Mariners fans that this team was going to turn it around, that this offense was had talent, but just needed to kind of uh, needed to step it up a bit. I don't know if that's going to freaking happen. I don't. So yesterday, Mariners played the Twins. It was Luis Castillo against Kenta Maeda. They had faced off, I think, five days ago. Both pitchers pitched really well. Maeda gave up one run in six and a third, eight strikeouts, uh, really baffled the Mariners hitters. Luis Castillo gave up uh, two runs in seven innings, four hits, two walks, nine strikeouts. Pitched, obviously, two runs in seven innings, you should be able to win. He pitched very well. Uh, The bats were cold as hell. Um, Tom Murphy hit a home run. He went two for four with a run in an RBI. And outside of Colton Wong's home run, Mariners really didn't get much from any of the hitters. J.P. Crawford, two for five, that's about it. Uh, on the twin side, Max Kepler went three for four. Uh, he had a double. Um, Trevor Larnick had a home run or a triple, excuse me, RBI triple. But this was really a, a game about pitching. And so really the the important part of this game is the Mariners are, they score in the top of the fifth. The twins score two in the bottom of the fifth. It's a 2-1 game heading into the ninth inning. The Mariners are going. Griffin Jacks was brought in by the Twins to pitch the ninth. Colton Wong comes up with one on. They were down to their last, their last out. Colton Wong hits a two-run home run to right field. 
Kong Wong, obviously, there's monkeys off his back. He's going nuts. The dugout's going nuts. It's un- unbelievable to see, of all people, Colton Wong hit a go-ahead two-run home run in the bottom of the ninth. Um, inside, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, this is what's going to light a fire under the Mariner season. For the player who has been the most maligned, most criticized, so close to being DFA'd, to come through in that kind of position when the Mariner season is really teetering back and forth, buy or sell, uh, wild card or not, for him to hit this home run in this moment was such a huge deal. And you could see the elation on the faces of the Mariners in the dugout. And then inexplicably to me, Paul Seawald is not the pitcher in the bottom of the ninth with the Mariners up 3-2. It's Andres Munoz. And I understand that Seawald had pitched in previous games, I believe in the previous two, if I'm not mistaken. He did throw 11 pitches on Sunday. That doesn't even matter because in the 10th, they brought in Seawald anyways. So if Seawald was available, regardless of how many days he had pitched previously, if Seawald was available to pitch today, why wasn't he in in the ninth? I get that Scott Service at times will pitch Paul Seawald in more in higher leverage situations. We saw him come in in the eighth against the Blue Jays, but the Mariners needed this game. They needed this momentum, and I love Scott Service, but. Andres Munoz has not been pitching in the ninth. And as much as, you know, I like to lean on numbers, I do think that there is something to be said for defined roles within a bullpen and psychologically, mentally, emotionally, even that having an impact on a pitcher's performance. Paul Seawald is the closer. Now you can use him in some unconventional ways at times, but this game had to be won especially after the Mariners come back down a run in the, in the, the ninth against a very good Minnesota Twins team. And they blew it. Andres Munoz gave up a run. So Munoz gives up the run. Seawald comes into the 10th. I was shocked to see Seawald because, again, if he was available, why wasn't he pitching the ninth? And Minnesota walks it off. And it was, it was the biggest emotional roller coaster I can remember for a Mariners fan in a singular game in a long, long time. This was the turning point for me in the Mariners season. I think coming back, getting up off the mat after losing this type of game is there is a very slim chance that the Mariners get back off the mat after this. However, if they would have won 3-2, I think... (laughs) I think the Mariners would have had a lot of positive momentum, right? There would have been a lot of excitement. You had George Kirby going today. You have Bryce Miller going tomorrow. Um, you know, we would have been talking, having a much different conversation. And I I hate to base an entire season or direction on one game, but you could not have a bigger momentum killer or a bigger stake through the heart type of loss than what happened last night. If they would have lost... and Colton Wong wouldn't have hit the home run. You would have just said Mariners offense stinks. Um, Probably going to be sellers at the deadline. 
uh, 50 and 50, eight and a half games out in the American League West, five and a half games out in the wild card. Fine. We know the Mariners offense stinks right now. We know there's talent there, not their year. Look to trade Paul Seawald, maybe look to trade Teo Hernandez, maybe even look to trade Tom Murphy. Um, get what you can back for 24. Let's keep it pushing, right? And it would have been kind of a ho-hum. This is what we expect from the Mariners at this point this season. And yet, Colton effing Wong hits a two-run home run in the top of the ninth in Minnesota to take a 3-2 lead to bring everyone's emotions to this incredible freaking high only for... Paul, for Scott's service to bring in Andres Munoz instead of Paul Seawald and blow the save. You knew damn well after Minnesota scored off of Andres Munoz in the ninth that the Mariners were cooked. The Mariners were cooked. All the momentum was gone. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe Seawald didn't pitch. I know Andres Munoz, at least as of the All-Star break, had a, I believe, a 44% whiff rate, right? Andres Munoz is nuts. His stuff is top three reliever stuff in Major League Baseball. I get it. But it's not his role. It's not what he's been doing this season. So to go off script in that way with the bullpen should piss off Mariners fans. That was a mistake. And I think this season is done. I know I said... At the break that I thought this was a wild card team. I don't anymore. I was counting on Julio figuring it out. The talent is there. I'm not worried about Julio long term. I It's been a crap season for him, to be honest. The counting stats are there, right? And I know that I pumped him up and I know that I said he's young and all those things are still true. He's still 22 years old. He's still going to be in this crazy learning curve. His counting stats are still going to be great. Obviously, he's got 18 doubles, 14 home runs. He's got, what, 20-some steals. He's great. He's playing, but he's not playing up to his potential. And the way that this roster is built, he's a great talent, I should say. The way that this roster is built is for Julio to be what the entire offense revolves around. It is his energy. It is his power. It is the fear that he strikes in opposing pitchers. This entire offense was predicated on Julio Rodriguez becoming a superstar. And he didn't do it this year. He hasn't done it this year. He just hasn't. The other players, you know, certainly disappointed with Ty France. I think that the Mariners have to address the first base position and the DH position. If they have any, any dreams of making the playoffs, he's got to be replaced. Whether it's Mike Ford playing first base and finding a DH or it's finding a first baseman, something needs to happen because he's he's cooked. He's done, at least for this year. I don't know if he's hurt, if he's mixed up in the head, if he's I, – I don't know. But he looks like straight trash to me. And Eugenio Suarez is showing signs of coming out of it. I don't know if you can count on that yet. I think – Tail Hernandez has not been exactly what we expected from a rate stat standpoint, from a production standpoint. He has, I don't think you can criticize tail too, too much for this season. JP Crawford has contributed offensively, not defensively, but the reality is second base has been terrible. 
first base has been terrible and the Mariners need a new DH. So we're wasting one of the best seasons of pitching that the Mariners have ever had with this piss poor offense. I, I was dumbfounded yesterday. I did not, I know. I, I don't know. So in the previous game, Mariners lost to Toronto on Sunday, 4-3. Took a 2-0 lead in the second, 2-2 tie in the fourth. This was Brian Wu against Alex Manoa. It was an entertaining game. Wu ended up giving four, giving up four runs in six innings, but he pitched a lot better than that. Uh, it was a game where the Mariners had a chance at the end against Jordan Romano. Uh, couldn't score. Mike Ford had a big two-run home run in this game, but it was, again... A lack of offensive output, three runs against Manoa, who was sent to the instructional league to work on on his pitching earlier in the season, right? And you couldn't score off of him. He's a nut job right now, a mental case. Not a nut job, he's a mental case. You could see it in his emotions on the mound. He's trying to hide it. He's struggling with his with his delivery, with his command. And yet the Mariners scored three runs off of him, and that was it. Um so the offense is the issue. And I don't know if the Mariners can do enough with the current offense to justify making a push for a wild card. And I think, you know, in looking back at Jerry DePoto's comments on 710, he knew that. He walked walked the line of buying and selling. He said they're always prepared to do both. I think he understood what the odds were of for the Mariners to uh, make the playoffs. But I held out hope. Again, it takes, or all it would have taken a week ago really is for Julio to get hot, to, to really truly carry this team, for Teo to get hot. Heaven forbid both of them get hot at the same time, and all of a sudden you've got this potent offense. I think that would, would have completely changed the complexion of this week and this season. And yet here we are with a 500 record, a slightly below league average offense at this point, or maybe right at league average, but underperforming and a starting five that the entire league envies and a bullpen for that matter. Like the pitching is so damn good right now that they're just the, 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 and I put a little bit of this on DePoto. The Mariners just pissed it away with a bad offense. Now, again, we've walked through it a million times, the expectations of each player. I do think in hindsight, the Mariners were a bat short going into the season. Um, I think tail plus another bat would have been the right move. I don't think it's hard to find bats like Mike Ford, right? Is Mike Ford going to get exposed down the road? Probably. But look at what the A's have done with Ryan Noda. He was a rule five pick from the Dodgers. Left hand, same, same as Mike Ford, left-handed hitting, right? First baseman could play maybe a little bit of corner outfield. 27 years old, right in his prime. Athletics bring him in. And it's 229, 375, 794 OPS. 
17.6% walk rate, 11 home runs. Just off the freaking scrap heap. As a fantasy player, I saw this coming from Ryan Noda. I talked him up because all you have to do is look at his minor league stats to understand that there's a shot at this guy being a high on base percentage hitter that can hit for power. In 19 or in 18, Ryan Noda in the Toronto organization had 20 home runs, 20.7% walk rate. In 19, 13 home runs, 15.8% walk rate in high A. Double A for the Dodgers in 21, 29 home runs, 15.6% walk rate. Triple A for the Dodgers last year, 25 home runs, 16% walk rate. There are Ryan Nodas and Mike Fords floating around. The Mariners needed another Mike Ford this season, right? You could still do it. It could still be a trade for Solaire. It could still be a trade for Bellinger. It still could still be a trade for a second baseman of some sort that I talked about yesterday. But this offense needs help. And there's nothing, as I spoke of yesterday, on the free agent market in the middle infield. Nothing. There is no help coming unless Cole Young gets promoted from single A. It's not Sam Haggerty. It's not Didi Gregorius. I'm probably the last Mariners person to get angry at the front office for not spending money. I'm probably the last one in line, but I'm finally angry. When you look at the Mariners scoring three runs in the past, in each of the past couple of games, when the Mariners had an opportunity to make a playoff push, it's inexcusable. At this point, it's inexcusable. This offense is bad. And yes, I think there are moves that the Mariners made in the offseason that I liked. I liked the Colton Wong move. Did not expect him to tank. But when do you react? When do you decide he's cooked? It's not 100 games into the season. It's before that. It just is, right? When do you figure out that Julio is not going to be a superstar yet and you try to protect him with another star, you try to protect him with another bat so that he can continue his development, not front and center every single day. I get that he's going to attract that attention, but another bat on this team is going to balance the lineup to a place where you're not counting on Julio to produce every single day. I think this is going to be a very interesting trade deadline for the Mariners. I, if I was Jerry DePoto at this point, given both given the record and I think as importantly at this point in time, the type of momentum or juju that the team has given the way they lost this last game and even Sunday, um, I probably would trade Teo Hernandez, Tom Murphy, and Paul Seawald. I think the, the Seawald deal would would be tough to swallow because he's done a lot for the Mariners, but the Mariners have proven that they can produce big-time arms in the minor leagues for very cheap. Prelander Baroa is going to be a very good one. Isaiah Campbell is going to be a very good one. Ty Adcock could be a middle reliever. The Mariners have replacements. Andres Munoz is under contract. Matt Brash obviously has some of the best stuff in the, in, um, the major league. So even without Seawall, I just named five right-handed relievers with nasty stuff. Seawald is a luxury. Trade him if you can get a good 
piece that's close to the minor leagues or a stud 19-year-old to help replenish the minor league system. Whatever it is, I think at this point in time, if you're being realistic, Mariners are fourth in the American League West. They're not winning the American League West. And five and a half games out in the wild card sounds great or okay until you realize that the Angels are in front of them, the Yankees are in front of them, the Red Sox are in front of them, and the Blue Jays, Astros, and Rays all have wild card card bursts at this point in time. So they would have to overcome at three of those at least three of those teams in the standings to make the playoffs. And even then, obviously a wild card doesn't guarantee you anything. So what are the Mariners playing for at this point in time? I think development of your young players has to be priority one. Again, I think the the idea of getting rid of the players that are going to be gone at the end of the season or free agents specifically, Tao and Tom Murphy is, is smart. Um, but this yesterday was brutal. That's the word that all my buddies were texting. That's I was texting with my friends in Seattle, and that was very much just it was an emotional roller coaster over text message. It was really it was heartbreaking for Mariners fans. Paul Seawald has another year of control. He's a free agent in 25. He would be an incredibly valuable piece to a contending team, especially one with a weaker bullpen. I will look at fits for that trade. I just, it's brutal. I, I don't know what to say to Mariners fans after yesterday's loss. I I, I think if they didn't loss in, again, didn't lose in that form, then we would have said, you know, same old Mariners, 2023 Mariners, three runs didn't cut it, should have scored another run. That sucked. Um, or, excuse me, you know, scored one run if Colton Wong wouldn't have hit the home run. Again, same old Mariners, right? To one loss is what it is. Uh, Going to ride out the season, maybe deal a couple of pieces to get some younger pieces back, whatever. But for Wong to hit the home run, for the emotion to go to the top of the roller coaster, right? You're at the Puyallup Fair. You find the biggest roller coaster as a kid. You're at the very top. There's this anticipation. You're super excited. You're This is why you went to the fair. And that roller coaster just starts flying and drops to the very bottom. And your heart and your guts are still at the top of that roller coaster. And everything drops. And then it's over. That's what happened today or yesterday. Sorry, the days are running together for me. I I think it's time to, to throw in the playoff towel. Again, I don't see how you come back from that kind of loss. Um, specifically after you're, you were just, you were already teetering as to whether you're actually a playoff contender or not. Um, I think the Mariners should figure out how they're going to reduce the innings on some of their starters. 
I think you really dial down Bryce Miller and Brian Wu's starts. Um, I could see them going to a six-man rotation. If they're out of the playoff hunt, maybe you get Hancock up and you have him as a part of that six-man rotation to lessen the the burden on all the Mariners' arms. Uh, I think you would see Cade Marlowe play more. Um, I think you would see Ty France play some, but not a ton. Again, I think that that maybe Jonathan Classe comes up, especially if Taylor Hernandez is dealt. Uh, there's just there's a lot of stuff where you see the Mariners get younger and be playing for 24, and I think that is the realistic outcome at this point in time. So I don't have a whole lot more to say on this. Obviously, you know my perspective, my feelings about how the last couple of days have gone down. Um, we'll see how the Mariners respond today. It's George Kirby against Pablo Lopez. It's a pretty even matchup. Lopez is a very good starter. Um, but I am interested to see how the Mariners respond. I have to admit, I would be surprised if the Mariners respond positively, uh, at least offensively. I, I think you can count on the pitching being steady, but I'm going to be watching to see the 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 mental state, right? Are the Mariners hitters chasing pitches? Are they still trying to control the zone and be patient? Um, are they still trying to do the things that they've been instructed to do? Or are they just out there swinging wildly because it doesn't matter anymore? I, I'm very interested to see each individual approach from each batter in the upcoming games leading up to the deadline. Uh and again, the pitching I think will be fine. Uh, Pablo Lopez, five and six with a four two two ERA, but a three five zero x FIP and a three two two x ERA. He's thrown one hundred twenty one and two thirds innings, thirty point two percent strikeout rate, seven percent walk rate. Very effective pitcher. ERA does not explain how good he's been this season. Uh, and then a fourteen point five percent swinging strike rate. So. Mariners have a tough go. Pablo Lopez is very good. Um, obviously, George Kirby is also very good. So another great pitching matchup between the Mariners and the Twins. I will be back tomorrow to talk about today's game. Uh, maybe have cooled down a bit. This was an emotional reaction from me, um, more so than a... Uh, I try to stay objective when I can. Today was not an objective day. I apologize for that. But I think it's important at times to really express how you truly feel about what's going on. And I try to be a voice for Mariners fans. I try to be a voice of how Mariners fans might feel. And then when there are ways to statistically justify opinions or dig through stats to understand what the hell's going on. I enjoy doing that too. So I hope you got something from today. Again, this was a, I, I brought in as few numbers as I've ever brought into the Mariners cast, but I don't think numbers matter in this moment. What matters, what defines what's going on with the Mariners right now and how Mariners fans feel about this team right now is emotional. People don't want to hear numbers when Colton Wong hits a two-run home run top of the ninth to go ahead 3-2 against the Twins. 
only to have the wrong reliever come in, give up a run, because you assume that Paul Seawald isn't available. And then freaking Paul Seawald walks out to pitch the 10th. I'm sorry. It was inexcusable. So we will continue to evaluate what the next move is for the Mariners, what the approach should be. Um, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Sportsitos appreciates it. This was the Mariners cast. We are presented by Sportsitos. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20. That's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Uh, hopefully you can get some joy out of today's game. Again, it's George Kirby against Pablo Lopez at 440 Pacific time. Take care, y'all. Peace.